BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. He's laughing at the fact that I said I still get nervous every time I interview Connor Bedard. I do. I don't care. Who knows? He's 16. I'm 49. I've done thousands of interviews. The kid's eyes just just pierce right through you. Oh, boy, I love watching him. Biggest reason why this jersey's up here. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, it sure is. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside the RP Show, your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We're coming at you live on Game Plus TV, YouTube TV, and also WQEE Radio. Shout out to our friends in uh, Metro Atlanta, Rhino Radio and the crew. I don't know what it is. We've got the co-host here, Darren Moose DuPont. Uh, well, we will bring him in here. He is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And I don't know. I got to talk to my astrology friends and see, Darren, if there was some sort of flip in the Metro, uh, the 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 retrograde or the <laughs> I don't know the lunar something because my phone's blowing up and it's not everybody wanting something it's just they all want to talk everybody's happy smiley and cheery so I don't know what it is we've hit the we- the first Wednesday of 2023 is that what it is I don't good know. vibes only in 2023 man we started it yesterday on this show and I think that's the mantra is only positivity all the way through yeah, I got it. And uh, I've got a lot of messages after the show yesterday saying that was just the greatest show. It went by so fast that I'm like, that is exactly what we want. Just a quick quick couple of shout outs here. We got our buddy Navy Don checking, checking in from Kicking Horse Mountain Resort in Golden, British Columbia. And Kevin the Medium says, good morning, RP peeps. So they're up. They're alive, and we're ready to roll. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please? And let's get into it. We've got so much to get to today. I kind of don't really know where to start, as evidenced by the fact I asked the crew at our morning meeting, what, what's the biggest topic today? And I think we all agreed that it is the World Junior Hockey Championship. It's the semifinals today. And I know some of the U.S. viewers said, hey, I, you lose me with the junior hockey. Well, it's Canada versus the USA today. And I'm going to read from the wire copy here. The USA and Canada face off tonight in Halifax in another installment of their hockey ride rivalry with a trip to the World Junior Hockey Championship final on the line. The rivals advanced to the semifinals after polar opposite quarterfinals on Monday. Canada needing overtime to beat Slovakia 4-3. The USA uh, routing Germany 11-1. The other semifinal today goes 2:30 Eastern. Czechia versus Sweden. Uh, we all remember the USA beat Canada in 2021 in the bubble in Edmonton. Remember that game? Oh, the ratings were a monster, immense. Uh, that's what we got going on tonight. I'm not 
a bundle of nerves like some people in the house here. But uh, it's exciting, man. It's semifinal day. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's very exciting. And, you know, when this tournament started in the U.S., I think they lost to Switzerland in their opener, right? It was in overtime or they lost to Switzerland. And I thought, geez, this... American team, maybe they're not that good anymore. Maybe they've fallen off, and then yeah, all of a sudden, the they went on the trajectory. And now, you know, with the way Canada played against the Slovaks, which I thought was pretty good overall, just didn't get the bounces, and uh, goaltending was great. I'm a little nervous about tonight's game against the Americans. I'm a little nervous eh. going into the semifinals. So it'll be a great game to watch tonight. As they say, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And that's Canada, because I do watch a lot of NHL Network, and they talk about the Canadian team. They, these are the Americans on NHL Network, and they're saying, what's the scouting report on Canada? They're big, they're fast, they're deep, and they play heavy. I'm like, that's every year, dude. We're always number one. And you know the USA wants nothing more than to knock Canada off its perch. And I'm like you. I thought this is not the same USA team as certainly two years ago. I'm not even think they're as good as last year and they lost in the quarterfinals last year that team two years ago Trevor Zegras Cole Caulfield Spencer Knight then Matty Beneers did they not like yeah they were a they were a wagon as they say um so I guess we're gonna find out tonight but I'm taking Canada to win and I'll take Cheshire to win because uh we're friends with her coaching staff that's my prediction Canada Cheshire final how about you yeah oh yeah absolutely I'm big on Cheshire I think they're I think they're, they've been the best team start to finish in this tournament. They've been better than Canada, proven by the, the game they had against them. Um, and it, it would set up a great final, a really big rematch of that opener for Canada. I think that's what we all want. So I'm with you. Uh, by the way, for our viewers on YouTube or uh, the radio, WQEE, or shoot, Game Plus. Send us a text right now. I'm not going to ask you to stay in the discussion all show if you don't want to, but 902-518-3033 is the number to text us right in the studio. Just tell us where you're watching or listening from today. That's all I'll ask. Would you mind? I'd like to get that going today. I used to call it a check-in Friday when I was doing the old radio show. Let's call it a check-in Wednesday. I'd love to know where everybody is watching and listening from today. Now, to, now obviously, we're going to get to the DeMar Hamlin update. So hang on. That's all coming up here in the quick six in this opener. And I haven't even mentioned who our guests are today. Sweet Annie O.D., I've been thinking of her a lot. Annie O'Donnell from Southern California. She is the very popular Anaheim Ducks podcaster. She knows her stuff, but her team, this is one of the worst Ducks teams in history, and I don't think any of us saw that coming. And kudos to Clark for lining her up to get her take on why the Ducks are so ruby red awful this year. I'm looking forward to that in hour one and in hour two, our NFL insider Jim Lang. He is Canada's foremost NFL expert. But back on point, where do we start with the NHL last night? The hockey has just been so good. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Like in Washington. Who would really care about Buffalo and Washington? But Tage Thompson finished off a hat trick by scoring in overtime, and the Sabres beat the Washington Capitals 5-4 for their seventh victory in eight games. Ovi had two for Washington. I'm just going to run through the games. They're the highlight games for me, and then you can give your thoughts on what went down Tuesday night. In Toronto, Braden Shen scored in the power play, and again in the shootout to give St. Louis a 6-5 victory over Toronto. Big night for Sasky boys uh, last night, by the way. There's Braden with one. Uh, Austin Matthews became the quickest player to score 500 points in Leafs history, so good for Austin. 
in Edmonton, Jaden Schwartz, another Sasky boy, had a goal and two assists, and Seattle scored four consecutive goals in the second period to beat the Oilers 5-2. Uh, Matty Beneers, Yanni Gord, Jared McCann, and Alex Wenberg also scored for the surprising Kraken. For the Oil, the Nuge, and Connor McDavid had goals. They've lost five in a row at home. Here in Sunrise, quick one. Matthew Kachuk scored his first hat trick for the Panthers, and they beat Arizona 5-3. The Sask boy of the night you saw was our good friend Connor Ingram. He was backing up in goal for the Arizona Coyotes, who may make a cameo in our top five, bottom five coming up, so just hang on. Um, the Panthers look good last night. Like, if they play smart and they play hard... They'll win games. <laughs> there's your coaching. There's your coaching tip of the day. Play smart and play hard. God knows they're good enough. But there was, there was a huge crowd last night at FLA Live Arena last night. People were wondering, what was the deal? I don't know. But it was a great game. Had a lot of friends there. And uh, it was big fun. In Vancouver, Matthew Barzal had a goal and two assists as the New York Islanders beat struggling Vancouver 6-2. Wah, wah, wah. What can be said about Vancouver that hasn't already been said? In Ottawa, Anton Forsberg made 22 saves for a second NHL shutout. Tim Stutzla had a goal and an assist, and Ottawa beat Columbus 4-0. And we wind it up with this. I made it home to watch the third period of the Jets-Flames game. I don't know if you watched any of that, but they were kicking the tar out of each other last night at Canada Life Center. That was a playoff game in Winnipeg last night. Sam Gagne tipped in Billy Hainola's point shot with 5.40 to go, and the Jets beat Calgary 3-2. It was a whale of a game. You got Hellebuck at one end. You got Markstrom at the other. So much talent on the ice. It was a joy to watch. And the Jets knew this was a huge measuring stick for them. They won it. They've won three in a row. And they beat a good team. So it was a heck of a night of NHL hockey. What did you see? Yeah, unbelievable. And for Connor Hellebuck, it's interesting. Like, he's right there in the Vezina conversation. I mean, Ilya Sorokin in, with the Islanders is there. Nobody's going to catch Allmark. I don't think of Boston, that goaltender they've got in Boston for the Vezina right now. I mean, he's, what is he, 25-1-1 one one on the season. But watching Hellebuck and that game against Calgary, I mean, They've got something back with him. He's playing well. And the Jets, they're for real, man. They're for real. So oh, yeah. fun night. And obviously, I was watching that Leafs game. And um, it was fun to watch them. They went down early. The Leafs did, but got it into a shootout. And I liked that 6-5 game. All the stars were scored. Matthews, Shen, Marner putting up points. It was, it was a fun night all around. People are getting ahead of themselves here. Jason in Red Deer writes and says, Good morning, Rod Squad. Tuning in, as always, from the heart of God's country, Red Deer, Alberta. Central Alberta. Uh, Randy from Winnipeg says, Tage Thompson, three goals last night. His third hat trick, 30th goal. Scored an OT at the three-minute mark, all on January 3rd. Plays in the same city as Hamlin, who wears number three. Get well soon. Um, yeah. I'll be opening up the 902 line. Jenna writes in, says uh, she's watching from Southern California. Ryan watching in Tirana. So, yeah, keep them coming where you're watching from today and listening, if you don't mind. 
It's Wednesday. That means we do our NHL Top 5, Bottom 5. Let's do it right now. Let's go. It's brought to you by our exclusive betting partner, BetRegal. Sign up and play today at BetRegal.net. Uh, the number one team in the National Hockey League, they're posted like a wire-to-wire -wire finish that way. And number one, it's the Boston Bruins. By far, the fewest losses in the NHL. And by far, the number one goal differential, plus 57. I don't think anybody's going to beat them. Uh, number two, Carolina. You can't deny Carolina. By far, the second best team. And they've only got seven losses in regulation. The Carolina Hurricanes, where do they come from? Number three, the Vegas Golden Knights, because somebody from the West has got to be in the top five. They got 12 losses, though. That's almost double Carolina. And Vegas can be beaten, as we've seen, if they don't have their eye on the ball every night like they used to. But anyways, they're the number three team. The number four team is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Regular season Tigers. And number five, bit of a homer pick, <laughs> but the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets. They've won three in a row, and we're putting them in our top five because why not? And you might want to throw some change down on these teams. Look at the Jets to win the Stanley Cup, plus 25.05. They're not even in the same ballpark as all those other teams, but they're playing like it. I'm talking about in the betting odds. So there they are from our exclusive betting partner, Bet Regal. I would not advise you put any money down on our bottom five, okay? Are you ready? Um, <laughs> bottom five teams in the NHL, the Arizona Coyotes. I saw them last night. They're not a good team. They're not good. But I can tell you this, they're having fun. I sat right behind their bench. There's a lot of smiles there. They're having fun. And as they say, it's not whether you win or lose. It's to have a good time. They're the fifth worst team in the NHL. Fourth worst team is the San Jose Sharks. The Eric Carlson sweepstakes are on. Who's going to get them? Third worst team, 30th overall, the Columbus Blue Jackets. We expected a lot more. The second worst team, 31st in the NHL, is the Anaheim Ducks. Can somebody please put out an APB for TNT? Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry, where are they? They're really missing the captain, Ryan Getzlaff. And the worst team in the NHL, crapping the bed, Dard, the Chicago Blackhawks. How about that? Read him and weep. Before we move on to a DeMar Hamlin update, anything on our top five, bottom five, uh, Moose? I always like to look at the trends and who might be, I look, to look ahead to who might be coming into your top five, bottom five next week. Bottom five, and I hate to say it, but look at those Montreal Canadiens. They've lost six in a row. One, eight, and one in their last 10 games. On the other side, Tampa's moving up quick, eight and two. Last 10, they won four in a row. Tampa's on the way up. So teams that you might see moving into your top five, bottom five next week or the week after. Uh, 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 from Tap in Winnipeg, he says, no Dallas in the top five? Yeah, that's right. You heard correctly. I'm not a believer in the Dallas Stars at the moment. Uh, from Trenton, Norway... He says, I agree that it will be a Canada-Chessia final, but both games will be super tight. I'll try and stay up late for the Canada-U.S. semifinal. Stay well, everyone, and go, Canada, go. Interesting note, by the way, and maybe we'll finish on this and come back with the DeMar Hamlin talk next break because who is it here? This uh, Jason Redyer says, can you imagine Connor Bedard and Patrick Kane on a line? It's an interesting take on that. Uh, the commentary today that runs on Sask Radio, I mentioned um, the pundits on ESPN and NFL Network saying the Packers should shut down Aaron Rodgers. This was mid-November, start of November. They're done. They're going to miss the playoffs. 
give the ball to Jordan Love and move on. Lo and behold, they're a win away from making the playoffs. Now, all they got to do is win this week in Detroit. And it's like, at what point do you pull the pin on the season? It would have been far too early for them to do that, the Packers. What about the Sharks? Do they pull the pin on their season? and Or put a pin in it, as they say. Eric Carlson, or is he part of what you're going to do long term? Because I don't think he is. And if you're Chicago... Do you trade Kane and Taves at the deadline because they're on expiring contracts to get the assets? Younger players or draft picks, or do you, for whatever reason, keep them? Because you want to lose, right? You want to lose. What do you do if you're San Jose and Chicago? When do you pull the pin on a season? I think if you're those teams, I think you're pulling the pin already. I think if you're Chicago, I think you're looking at trade partners for Kane and Taves. Jonathan Taves has already said... That he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, I believe, right? He doesn't want to be part of it. He doesn't want to tear it down. He wants to retool. And these guys aren't getting any younger. But they've got contracts that are really tough to move. So, yeah, it's, it's a really mm. tough decision for those two teams. But neither of them are making the playoffs. So I think you're watching the World Juniors and you want to put yourself in as good a position as possible to get Connor Bedard. Well, for the football fans, stay tuned because we'll be talking about that next. Like, you pull the season to pin now, what if Green Bay had done that? What you're saying in Chicago and San Jose, you're not making the playoffs. I agree with you, but I think you pull the pin at the trade deadline. That's when why it is when it is. That's when you make that decision. But I don't know. I don't even know the name of the Blackhawks general manager. They got a new one. But even the last one, Stan Bowman. Those guys were complaining to Bowman. We don't want to be part of a rebuild. Well, guess what, boys? There's the door. You got three Stanley Cups. We're paying you millions. It's our team, not yours. <laughs> You're on a need-to-know basis, and you don't need to know what we're doing. That's what I would do if I was the Chicago Blackhawks, and I would have moved those guys already. The second they came in and bitched, I would have moved them. But that's why I'm sitting here not running an NHL team. Uh, it's just like... Did the teams tell the NFL that we're not playing Monday night? Because I don't think it works that way. We'll talk about that when we come back. We're only halfway through the quick six. It's the RP Show. We're live on Game Plus TV, YouTube TV, of course, and WQEE Radio. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. If you're just tuning in, you're joining us at a good time. We're halfway through the quick six show topics. And like our guy Kevin the Medium just said, uh, writing and watching on YouTube, he says it's the not-so-quick six because it takes us a while to get through everything, and that, that is a good thing. Uh, the Yes, sir. The co-host, president of the whole dang show is with us. The Moose, he is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. This morning I was putting together the this part of the show, and I was like, man, that's a lot to talk about. That's a good problem to have. That's like what I didn't understand. I learned so much in sports, and the fans don't really uh, understand it, I don't think. You've got too many players for this team, you've got too many good quarterbacks. You've got too many good goalies. Oh, my God. That's good problems to have, man. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I'd say. Oh, yeah. It's always a good problem to have because if something ever happens, uh, 
Jeez, think of our show. The guest doesn't show up. You better have some topics to talk about. It's a good thing. If your goalie gets hurt, you better have a good one ready to go. So, yeah, great problem to have. I was having, I was having some wings with a guy that ran an all-sports radio station recently. And uh, I said, oh, shoot, you should have seen us in the pandemic, dude. Four months without sports, we got through it. He goes, try running an all-sports radio station for four months with no sports, not just two hours a day. I'm like, whoop, I'll shut up now. That's like that Homer Simpson meme, back into the, <laughs> back into the, the lines. I'll shut <laughs> up, yeah, into the hedge. Uh, okay. So, we've given our thoughts a lot so far on the program today. I'd like to know the viewers as far as this DeMar Hamlin situation goes. So, this is the very latest as of 11.24 Eastern today. An hour ago. DeMar Hamlin's recovery is moving in, quote, a positive direction. Two days after the Bills' safety collapsed and went into cardiac arrest during a game against Cincinnati, the player's marketing rep said today, quote, We all remain optimistic, said Jordan Rooney, a family spokesman. He said he was unable to go into any further detail on Hamlin's status at the request of the family not to provide specifics. On Tuesday, the bill said Hamlin was listed in critical condition. Rooney said Hamlin's family was staying positive and buoyed by the outpouring of worldwide support and the Bills player has received since his heart stopped and he was resuscitated on field on Monday night football. Probably should just stop there. That's why I pay an exorbitant amount for the wire copy, because that's not opinion there. That's quote, that's facts. But there's so much more to the story. I had a doctor write me, a specialist who's probably watching now. I'm not going to name him, but you know, when I said yesterday, bravo to the NFL for not playing the game. It was the right thing to do. He wrote me, maybe you saw it. Uh, it was on our facebook page and he goes roger there's a report now that the team said they weren't going to play so let's give credit where it's due or not give credit where it's not due let's not rush to judgment i'm like ah no 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 i guess you weren't watching tuesday where i said i'm not looking in a horse's mouth (laughs) or however that saying goes why they didn't play the game it's the right thing does it matter who was behind it um and then the more that I've, I've read serena was saying the nfl's under fire for not playing you knew they would be under fire if they did play didn't matter you're the one that said social media is going to get you every time um does it matter why at the end of the day it doesn't and you know you can look at this from both sides you know the nfl it's being reported that they told the teams you got five minutes to warm up and the coaches said, no, we can't play. And you can say that the NFL shouldn't even have suggested that. They should have just called the game right there. But the NFL doesn't have, might not, like you don't know the situation. You don't know if the NFL is how closely they're attached to all the players and the teams. Who knows the teams better than the teams themselves? And that should be the players and the coaches that know them better than themselves, better than anybody else to know the state of shock that they're in, to know the state that these coaches then go to the NFL and say, no, our players are not in a position to play. And then the NFL says, okay, that makes sense, and we don't play the game. I thought, you know, they got to the right conclusion. So how they got there doesn't matter all that much. The fact is they got where they needed to go, and we should be happy for that. 
uh, you and I agree on that. We don't always agree, but I really do. And I am sure there's a lot of viewers that don't agree. Um, shoot, there's enough to follow. Last night's NHL games, CHL games, what's coming up. I'm not, I don't care. You know, on a micro level, it's a, a hot dog. We love the taste of a hot dog. I don't really want to know what goes into the hot dog, or nor how they made it. If I knew, I probably wouldn't eat it. So uh, there are a lot of curiosity. Killed the cat, too, by the way, if you haven't heard. If you want to read all the investigative... That's the other thing. You could read the investigative journalism on what went into the NFL pulling the pin on the game. I'm not sure I would even believe it to begin with. Right. So, again, that's just interesting that this would, it would be that it would be a doctor, a specialist, as a matter of fact, who's a longtime friend of mine that would say, oh, I don't think it was the NFL. You're giving them too much credit. Yeah, so what? Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in, says, how about one minute for each quick six topic and then a horn when the minute is up? No, there's a show for that. It's called Pardon the Interruption. That's not us. We're similar, but we're not the same. We do what we do. From the bar flies regarding tonight's World Junior Semifinals. He says, what are the ticket prices when the juniors go to Europe? Can't see them getting fleeced like fans here. Oh, this all ties into uh, what I, one of my favorite topics. Ah, and by the way, Rhino Radio has just checked in live from Metro Atlanta. WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. Thank you, Ryan. You've just showed up at a good time, too. Who cares what the ticket prices are? People are paying them. Turn on the television tonight, brah. The rink's full. So if you don't want to go, don't go. Stop complaining. A. B. The poll question today. Darren came up with it. It's the first day of round two of our bracket. Our NHL retro reverse jersey bracket. And you can vote. Now, I haven't put it on Twitter yet. My bad. Uh, maybe, But it is on YouTube. Clark put it up there. It's the Florida Panthers versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're retro-reverse jerseys this year. Uh, and they do you have, a, do you have the photo, uh, Clark? Because Ted and Red, there it is. Ted and Red Deer asked if he could see it. Thank you. Nice work, fellas. Obviously, it's Florida. End of discussion. I think even Pittsburgh Penguins fans would say the Florida Panthers jersey is nicer. But you can vote over the next 24 hours. This is the first day of round two of our bracket. If it comes Florida versus LA in the final, I'll be in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> I won't know what to do with myself. But anyways, oh, Moose, I'm glad no. that he asked that. Because on the topic of money, I found myself in the Panthers store, which I do almost every game. And I'm looking for something specific, <laughs> and I have yet to find it. When I do, I'll buy it. Okay. But I walked up to the rack of those jerseys. Because as my guy Thad said, you've heard about my buddy Thad, who goes to every game. He was there last night. Uh, he goes, they're not even special, these jerseys. Everybody's got one. Like, everybody. One out of every two in the building last night, and there was 19,000 people wearing a, one of those baby blue jerseys because they're so beautiful. So I'm like, I think maybe I need to buy one. Mm -hmm. And the Kachuk jersey is by far and away the highest seller. I don't need to ask the Panthers that. I can see it for myself. I'd probably buy a Alexander Barkov jersey because I love him as a player, and it's just to be a little different. You know what I did? I walked up to the rack, reached inside the collar, looked at the price tag. Hot! <laughs> what do you think? How much do you think it was for the retro reverse jersey? I, I want to say 250. 250. 285. Hot. 285 Woo! US. 
Yes. And I thought that was going to be 250 nope. Canadian. I was actually going to say more like 199, but I went with 250. Whoa. 285 US against. What? Hot. Too much for me. <laughs> and I got money. That's why <laughs> I don't throw yeah. it away. The one thing that I'm looking for is a. You know the shirts I like to wear. You buy them for me with the RP Show logo on them. Dry fit. Yeah. That that baby blue Ooh. color with a the Panthers logo, like the uh, palm. They call them here uh, palms and pucks, palm tree, okay. and the hockey stick. That's what I'm looking for, and I've yet to find it. And I'm not going to buy anything until I get exactly what I want. That's me, yeah. and that's most fans. Jason and Red here says, sorry, Rod, that Panthers jersey is horrific on a couple levels. I don't like that blue. I don't like the logo because it has nothing to do with the Panther. Come on, dude. It's South Florida. You ever been here? You can't throw a stone without hitting a palm tree. That's the idea. But, Jason, that's fine. We don't agree. I think we can still be friends. Uh, Ted and Red here says, the Florida jerseys are growing on me. Anyone else? Didn't care for them at the start. Ah, but I'm sitting here. I'm pushing it. I'm selling you on it. I'm selling you. That's how it works. Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, I got my Oilers reverse retro. Wore it last night, and the Oilers lost. It's bad luck right now. That's very possible. Uh, I don't know about, like, on one hand, Darren, I think that you can't jinx your team. I don't think that you can. I don't think what you and I do, or any of our viewers, what we do, how we put our underwear on, how many steps we take to the fridge will have any bearing on our teams. I don't. Yet on the flip side, what do our friends, Kevin the Medium, and all those in that realm say? Be careful what you wish for. Don't put that out into the universe because they're listening. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to fall on that. Do you? I, I'm, uh, no, I don't think that the way I hold my coffee cup, if I hold it this way or this way, is going to change, you know, what happens in the game tonight. But I do feel the energy does. So, to give you an idea, Christmas Eve, I really I planned my day around watching the Titans and the Texans at noon, and then opening, you know, sp spending time with family in the afternoon, and blah, 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 blah. Well, my sister thought we should be opening presents and doing different things right at noon. And to hell with the game, and you should be in here with us and not watching. So I'm in a bad mood, right? And now I'm in this negative space, and we're kind of going, and so I'm bringing the computer into the room, and they don't like that I'm watching the game, and there's this bad energy around, and what happens? Titans lay an egg, they play bad, turnovers, lose the game, and it just stacks. So I think good energy builds on top of each other, and bad energy does too. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of that, our good guy, Cooper Campbell's watching in Mississippi. He's one of my football guys. I love talking to Cooper. Cooper, we're late on a catch-up phone chat. I love talking to him. He's like, Rod, here's the thing, Rod. <laughs> I love it. He writes it and says, Rod, what's your percentage of Nathan Rourke to the NFL? What are you hearing? I got to make some calls, Cooper, but what I'm hearing is that it's 100% of him to the NFL. That's it. This is a closely, closely guarded secret, and I'm not going to name any names, but the CFL insiders don't even know where he's going. The best ones don't know where Nathan Rourke's going, so I certainly don't know. And I could make some calls, but I don't think the football, my insiders, I don't think even know where he's going. He's gone, but where he's leaning, has he even had an offer? We don't know. It hasn't been reported. And quite frankly, my mind isn't there. 
But we'll spend a lot more time on pro football in hour two. And by the way, Jim Lang will be joining us then. Moose, I'll see you back in hour two at some point. See you then. Uh, sweet Annie O.D. Ducks podcaster joins us next. And I can't wait for this chat. It's the RP Show. Daytime Sports Talk Live on Game Plus TV. YouTube Live and WQEE Radio. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Just want to throw a couple of dub things in here on Tuesday night. Graydon Seatman scored 53 seconds into overtime in the visiting Calgary. Hitman pulled off a comeback in defeating the Blades in Saskatoon 3-2. And in Kelowna, Jake Poole scored twice. And Gannon LaRock chipped in with two assists as the visiting Victoria Royals beat the Kelowna Rockets 4-2. There are four games tonight. In the big show, it's a light night, only three games. But the Ducks are home to Dallas. And I'm sure sweet Annie O'D will be there. She joins us from some in California, Annie O'Donnell. And uh, hey, Annie, Liz, I wish it was under better circumstances that you would be coming on to talk about the Ducks. Happy New Year, by the way. But do you see things turning around for the waterfowl here in 2023? Well, Happy New Year to you as well. I was just saying how I remember the last time we came on the show, you said the Ducks were one of your picks for a playoff team. And now here they are, bottom of the league. Um, no, I don't see things turning around for the Ducks at this point in time, especially considering that things have been bad since October. So if some if the, a change was going to be made, if a shift was going to be made, I think it would have happened by now. And granted, we've seen, you know, we all know St. Louis 2019, bottom of the league, goes on to win the Stanley Cup. But this is not that case here in Anaheim. And um, I think Pat Verbeek has kind of taken this opportunity to say, hey, we have a shot at a, a very deep draft. But only not only having a high pick in a deep draft, but in that draft, draft lottery might if not necessarily tank but hey if we can find our way into one of those top three picks not gonna complain so i really don't see much change and i mean they haven't even been able to tie more than two wins together this entire season um so my 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 hope and expectations for any kind of turnaround i would say are as about as low as they are in the standings well, you are literally my Ducks go-to for information, though. I didn't realize they didn't have a... It was in the late November, November. They hadn't had a regulation win yet, and that was on your post. You're like, oh, yeah. remember that face you made? Oh, yeah. Like, that look when we haven't had... A, yeah, so what are they What are they saying? What's Dallas Eakin saying? What are the team leaders saying, if they have any? Like, I'm not really following what they're saying in the media after all these losses. What's the reason? You know, and it's kind of the same thing that the fans are kind of thinking is like, hey, we've got the talent on paper. This roster, you look at the names on this roster, there's really no reason for this team to be that bad. But the production just really isn't turning out on the ice. You know, you've got Zegris, you've got Troy Terry, you've got Adam Henrique, three guys that, you know, you can bank on scoring at least 20 goals a year. And right now, the Ducks are the most least offensively productive team in the league. And part of that is because they're the worst defensive team in the league. And they're spending so much time in their own zone and unable to create those opportunities. And something about last year where they really went on that hot streak in the beginning of the year and started turning heads, everyone saying, okay, the Ducks could be further along than we thought. 
is that they just worked well together. It seemed like they were gelling and playing with each other and for each other. And part of that may be because of Ryan Getzlaff signing that one-year deal and kind of thinking, hey, this might be his last hurrah here. But there's just no chemistry. There's just feels like for the longest time that you know these guys were like brand new playing with each other which granted you have the ryan Strums, you've got frank vetrano you've got john klingberg some new guys to throw into that roster that need to get gelled and get comfortable there and that's part of the reason pat verbeek said that hey i really haven't made any moves i want to give this roster some time to work together but at this point now in january they're still playing like they haven't played been playing together all these months and it's it's baffling to me i think that's part of the most frustrating part as being a fan and watching is that this team really shouldn't be that bad. It's interesting you say that because their young guys, their own draft picks, like Troy Terry and Zegris, are talented. And you've mentioned Klingberg and Frank the Tank Vetrano. Those guys have been quality players on winning teams elsewhere. So I'm, I'm with you. Is it not a little scary when you just can't put your finger on what the problem is? Like that usually scares the heck out of a fan base. I'm sure you're there. I think for me, you know, and it's it's an interesting time as a Ducks fan because, you know, you're you didn't expect to be in the spot where you're like, hey, like we could be tank. We're we're now banking for we're now in the running for Connor Bedard. You know, we we're thinking maybe kind of ride that es- escalator a little bit closer to the playoffs, maybe not quite, but now it's kind of saying, hey, like yeah, we we loved obviously. I mean, I'm watching World Juniors. I want Connor Bedard on my team. I'm not gonna lie, but I also don't want to sit there and say I want my team to lose every night. Nobody likes to watch their favorite team lose. So it's in that, you know, kind of balance there where you're saying, okay, like I understand, you know, you want a high draft pick, but how can you sit there? How can you be in the front office or coaching staff sit there and be okay with what we're seeing on the ice here? I think that's the part where you're just kind of like, okay, what what's the plan here? Like how can as Pat for being general manager, how are you sitting here? What's the, I guess, what's the map looking like to, till the end of the regular season? I mean, there's no way this team's going to the playoffs. So I think my expectation now is like, Hey, you know, he, I think Klingberg's gone at the deadline. I think, you know, maybe try and ship Kevin Shattenkirk off somewhere to maybe a cup contender that needs that second, third pairing defenseman there. You know, I think that's the expectation, what we're looking for uh, through the end of the year here. But it, it is frustrating. It is. and But, you know, the rebuild was also delayed, uh, you know, I would argue a few years uh, due to, you know, Bob Murray not wanting to completely tear it down and start over. So this is a process that Ducks fans really aren't used to because we have not had to go through a full-blown rebuild ever. I mean, we started as, you know, obviously as an expansion team and expansion teams take time to build and get successful, but this is definitely a new territory for this fan base and it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of patience. And Verbeek Mm. even said, you know, you look at the, you know, some of the competitive teams, you look at Colorado, hell, you look at Tampa, you know, these teams that are cup contenders, top of the league, they have those top three picks. They've got top draft picks. Meanwhile, the Ducks, the highest draft pick they've had of recent years is number two with Bobby Ryan back in 2005, where they're you know, this close to make getting Sidney Crosby out in, in California, which I still imagine, even though Brian Burke works for the Penguins, I imagine he still punches air at the thought of being that close to Sidney Crosby. But, you know, well, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, those Ducks uh, scouts are friends of mine, and, uh, you know, they'll tell you, Zegras might not have been a high pick, but he was... He was rookie of the year, was he not? I mean, they've 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 drafted well, including, by the way, yeah. Mason McTavish. I mean, you've tagged me in some of those videos. You were sitting right behind the net. Um, I would have liked to have seen him at Canada at the World Juniors. Clearly, the Ducks didn't want that to happen. But how's his rookie season been? 
His rookie, I have been confused and not with Mason McTavish himself, but just the the handling of Mason McTavish by Dallas Eakins. I mean, you just look at some of the lineup decisions that are made. I mean, for the longest time, he wasn't getting 10 minutes of ice time a night and moved down to the fourth line, moved off center. I it's, And listen, I've I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in making those decisions. So I try not to make those kind of assumptions and say, oh, what you're doing is completely wrong. There's nothing nothing there. But I just have to wonder to myself, this, this is a kid, you know how insanely talented this kid is. You wouldn't have taken him third overall if you didn't think he was talented. But how is limiting his production, how is limiting his time, how is that going to get him up to the NHL caliber player you know him to be? And that's why so many people are like, oh, I'm not sold on Mason McTavish. I'm not sold on him. I was like, because he hasn't been given the chance and the opportunities to do so. But you give him that ice time, you put him with the right guys, you give him that leeway, he rises to the occasion. And that's what I love the most about Mason McTavish is that he can be that guy, but got to give him the chance Mm -hmm. to do so. So lastly, I'll wind it up with this. Rough times now, not expected, but you see this being a good team in the years ahead? Absolutely. No question about it. it, it like I said, it, it takes time, and it's going to take maybe, maybe obviously this draft being one of them, but maybe one more draft to get another high-value player. But there's so much young talent and potential on this team and in this farm system. The future is so bright from top to bottom, from offense, defense, even in goal. I mean, John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz both went on injured reserve for a bit. We got Lukash Dostal up from the goals. That guy is fantastic. The future is extremely bright in all areas. He's ready for the NHL, just needs his opportunity, and hopefully the Ducks make that happen sooner rather than later. And that was the other thing, and kind of off topic there, but kind of deterring topics here. But, you know, you talk, John Gibson is a name that's thrown around a lot. I mean, the guy went on injured reserve for a bit, got some much needed rest because, I mean, any goalie that's put in John Gibson's situation, I you got, you're going to have a hard time. But, Comes back, rested after being injured, has a great game against an injured Vegas at that, but a great game nonetheless. And then he's put in the next two games where the Ducks just get demolished. And you're just, you know, you got to think to yourself, why? How are we managing this? How we got to manage his workload better. So I think bringing in Lukash up for more games, more time would be so beneficial. But... No, the future is absolutely sparkling bright. This team's gonna. This team is gonna be competitive in years to come. It just might take a little, you know. Especially, I think last year was a tease too. You know, you're kind of seeing to yourself. Oh wow, like you know, this is moving along faster than we thought. The young guys are getting acclimated. Troy Terry's starting to get his foot and getting you know breaking out. But you know, back to earth now a little bit. You know, obviously Jamie Drysdale on the IR doesn't didn't help at all this year. But you know. Just patience with the process. You've got to give Pat Verbeek time to work, time to cook, get in a couple more drafts under uh, under his management, and uh, we'll see what kind of team he can build here. Well, they teased me and ended up making me look like an idiot. But you know what? I'm used to that, so I'll <laughs> forgive them. Our, uh, our director of scouting, uh, Craig Smith, the one who referred to you as the rock chick last time, he's watching and writes in. He says, Annie O.D. I said, yes, we have her. So uh, your fan club uh, remains. I got Annie, my ACC thank you. What do you got? Off, I remember <laughs> that. There you go. You are the <laughs> you are the rock chick. All right, Annie. Thanks for this. Enjoy the game tonight. All right. Thanks, Rod. Have a good one. Our sports. Uh, oh, Annie O.D. By the way, look her up. Ducks podcaster. Highly entertaining. Sweet Annie O.D. As a matter of fact. Sports update coming up. 
uh, right after this, a viewer takeover. Jim Lang in Hour 2. It's the RP Show live on Game Plus Television, YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, and WQEE Radio. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Boy, have we hit on some interesting things on the program today. And uh, thank you, sweet Annie O'Dee, very popular guest on the RP Show, for joining us. Before I get into that sports update, I promised way earlier on, I asked if you're watching or listening to the program right now, shoot us a note from where, 902-518-3033. And the fact of the matter is the place, our number one region for viewership is the wonderful province of Saskatchewan, Canada, a province by which I spent a half century born and raised. So from the 902 text line from Nicole, she says, good morning, Rodney P. That's what my mom used to call me. And uh, Nicole knows Judy. She says, watching from Tom Collegiate in Regina. Happy New Year, Nicole. From Richard Murray, writes in, watching from Battleford, Saskatchewan. From Jim Wagner, watching in Belgoni Sask. Glad you asked. He said, the RP text line jingle still gives me a chuckle every time I hear it. Thanks, guys. 902-518-3033. They're not going to forget about me. Lyle and Tirana, regarding our criticism of players. I think we're going to have to carry this over into hour two because Lyle has really cracked open a very interesting vault. He says, we forget, well, for one, he says he's watching in Toronto on Game Plus TV. But he says, we forget that these people are not invincible. They are people, young people at that, putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment. Boy, is that a loaded comment. And by no, nothing wrong with him saying that, but you get paid millions, you're expected to win every game, give 100% effort every game, and you're not human. Uh, I, I can't give any more thoughts. I got to carry this over into hour two with Moose and get your take as well. Is that right, or is he right, or is everybody else right? From Stephen in North Dakota, writes in. He says, "Greetings and hallucinations from Foggy Plus Two Hayes in North Dakota. A bonanza meal of sports is a stake from the RP Show Corral. Last minute of play in hour one. Uh, thank you for that." The Sports Update Canada meets the USA in the semifinal at the World Junior Hockey Championship in Halifax tonight. In the other semi, it's Cheshire versus Sweden. Milwaukee visits the Toronto Raptors in the NBA tonight, a day after Giannis Antetokounmpo dropped 55 points in the Bucks' 123-113 win over the Washington Wizards. The Raps have lost seven of their last ten. The Atlanta Hawks, the team that we care more about, are at Sacramento tonight. New Orleans Pelicans bracing for another extended stint without star forward Zion Williamson. He has a strained right hammy. He'll be reevaluated three weeks from now. Moose and Jim Lang next hour and more of you. Stick around after this brief pause on Game Plus and WQEE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. 
you gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.